0: Hello and welcome to From the rookery End. Um, uh, slightly sombre, not sombre, miffed mood around tonight, Michael, isn't it?
1: A Bit flat after we just watched the Man United game. Feel a bit disappointed. Well, no, no, we didn't watch it,
0: Michael. Remember, no, no, we were not watching. No, no, Mr... Premier League with your TV rights we weren't watching it on a dodgy stream
1: no no anyway we um, uh, um, somehow knew what happened we experienced the Man United game and what an experience it was yeah we had the wind taken out of our sails a little bit it feels like the um, a bit of a throwback to our other Premier League seasons where we put in a really decent shift decent performance and uh, ultimately come away with nothing so yeah gutted really been disappointed um, especially after. So, we're going to win this podcast. Um,
0: uh, my name is John. As you know, he's with me is Mike. Hello. Uh, and Geordie's with us uh, this week. Hello. Uh, Jason was going to be on, but uh, technical issues. Uh, we are uh, lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders in the Rookery End, uh, and these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. And we're going to look back at uh, the Manchester United game uh, and sort of merge it with the Bournemouth game uh, in this weekly podcast. Um, we do it a day later, just so we get the all the action and excitement from, uh, from Old Trafford uh, into it. But let's sort of start... <clears throat> it's, it's sort of nice we haven't looked back over two games or several games for a while on this podcast um the, we can always play with numbers Michael um but the one that sort of really sticks out a little bit in terms of our league form is that um we haven't scored in six out of our last eight league games that's
1: telling yeah it's it's concerning I think more more than anything and and yeah, you say it, there's some some stats you can't argue with, and and that's one of them. We're 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 not scoring enough goals. Um, now, the frustrating thing about the Man United game was that we didn't score any goals, but we created chances, which I don't necessarily think has been been the case for the rest of the season. We've been taking the chances, the the rare chances we have created, whereas now we're we're not. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a real worry. You know, six six out of eight. What were we saying? Six out of eight games, which we haven't scored. It's not. It's not good enough, and and I do think that um, there's a lot to be proud of. We talked about it directly after the Man United game, so I'm referring really to that. And there's there's a lot to be proud of from that that performance. And I know a lot of Watford fans will take will take heart from it, me included, because it was an exciting Watford side. I think we thought uh, we saw tonight. We went at it from the off, um, caused Man United a lot more problems, certainly more problems than they caused us. The goal, obviously, uh, goal, obviously aside, so i think we're right to be right to be happy about it right to right to a bit enjoyed the performance but also we're now at a level where you know still some sort of in some sort of quarters are wondering whether we can qualify for the europa league so that's kind of where we're at now and i think we need to expect more from our side it's obviously happening quicker than perhaps we anticipated um we we anticipated being in a relegation battle that quickly sort of those those fears subsided. So I can't work out whether I'm being too harsh on them, expecting us to be to be better, if that makes sense. I don't know whether my expectations are uh, have, have become unaligned with, with reality. But I think the way that most of us see this Watford side is a talented side. We're certainly better, much, much better than the Watford sides that were in the Premier League before. And if we want to progress and we want to continue this rate of progression, this steep upward curve... Games like tonight against Manchester United, we should have taken at least a point out of.
0: Yeah, and yeah, there was, in the first half, especially Watford, we we're, were far more creative team. Um, I think Manchester had, had a, a couple of minutes where they were trying to get forward. In the second half, um, they definitely had a period of, of dominating the game, um, which then led to their goal, but they didn't sort of then just boss the whole of the second half against us. Um, the, the potential was still there, but... It really went, and I think it also went on Saturday against Bournemouth, that sort of feeling you have as a Watford fan where there's going to be a goal when, when Igalo goes off. Uh, and he went off today. Um, but when he was on the pitch, Geordie, he came He came across to me as a, as a man who definitely is lacking confidence. Um, I kind of got a feeling tonight, maybe a possible 20 million move to Old Trafford might be on his mind. Um, there's one moment in the first half where um, he, he sort of lunged at the ball. He was a good distance out. He had a bit of space around those central um, uh, de- midfield uh, defenders for Manchester United, and he just didn't hit it with that pure confidence you he we've seen him have, and he always a good striker has where they go, I'm just going to shoot and have a go. He's he, there's a lot of thinking going on in that man's mind.
2: Uh, maybe Christ, that was a hell of an a analysis on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think. It, when Igarlo stops shooting, is when I will start getting worried. Mm. Uh, you know, I think for a striker to be shooting and and not have confidence, they don't really. You know, he he doesn't hide. I think if Igarlo starts hiding, then then he's into a, onto a hiding because pretty much what he brings to the team is goals. Is um, you know, he's probably got the best p- pass average in the uh, in the league, simply <laughs> on the on, on the low base of passes. <laughs> and I know two passes he's <laughs> attempted this season, he's completed all of them. Yeah, right. And and I think people get upset with that, but. Um, you know, when Igalo has a shot against Chelsea and it deflects and it goes in up at you know Stamford Bridge, no one saying, Oh, you know, why did he shoot? Oh, he scuffed it. wasn't a good shot. He had he, he hit one on a turn, which just you kind of looked like he hit defend the defender's shins and dropped wide. He had a header against um, against Bournemouth, which I, don't, I think he was still thinking about how he uh, how he missed it. Um, you know, but I think the thing with Igalo is because he's because of the way he plays because he's so single-minded. He's going to have these spells where he's not going to score, and I, I, I sent a tweet out during the game that Igalo's recent form, or the or recent the last two games, reminds us that if you toss a coin enough times, you'll get ten heads in a row, and you know Igalo will have a run of chances that he doesn't score, and and if and I, I think if, if if you if you if you lose confidence in him, then you don't really understand how football works. Because he's not a machine; he's a human being, and you know he's playing against Man United. And yes, you know maybe you do snatch it a chance, but he, he, when you're a striker, you get you don't get you don't even get. I think you get a split second. I think
1: you don't. It's on instinct. Mm. I can I can understand the frustration that a lot of Watford fans have shown towards uh, Iggy because it does look like some a lot of the time there are people better placed in in the area, and, and he's gone for the shot. And Geordie, I think you're absolutely right. What you're alluding to is earlier on in the season, everything that Igallo was hitting was going in now it isn't the miss-hit shots earlier in the season hitting the back of the net tonight against manchester united the, the header against bournemouth didn't didn't go in and that is his game that and he's kind of earned the right to, right to do that and he he's always going to do it he's never going to change but you can just i do understand the frustration and i think it's sort of saying people don't understand for, i know you don't, didn't mean it like that but um on the, on the face of it if he'd squared it a couple of times you could say I know football doesn't work like that. No. But I, I think, you know, it's a tough trot for him. It's tough. To hit, to hit, hit. I think him and Deeney will be feeling the pressure. We started the, we started this show by talking about, you know, a six a six in, in the last eight we haven't scored. They're the strikers. Um, they've been carrying Watford for most of the season in the goals department. So they they will be feeling the pressure. Um, I just wonder whether Troy has started to show a few signs of frustration. Um, Fatigue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... It's t- we, the other thing to remember. We are playing against. You know, this isn't a, a vintage Man United by any any stretch of the man, imagination. Um, they weren't great at Old Trafford. They certainly weren't great at, at Watford either. Potentially, when they had a better a better squad uh, available to them at Vicarage Road. So, I don't know. We're pitting our wits against. Top top sides here, and and not really falling short many 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 times. But I think we have to be. I think we have to be critical of of our own side. Not not critical, but um, you know analytical and, and and teasing out the bad points because scoring not scoring enough is will ultimately will knacker you. Um, we're never going to score loads. We're never going to concede loads. So it's it's a fine line, and and we need we need to get it right. Are we getting it right at the moment? Probably just about. I think we can't. We can, We're not go, we, you know, we'll go home with a bit deflated directly after the game. But things are still looking amazing for for, for this Watford side, um, and you know, lots of positives to to take from 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 the rest of the pitch, the rest of the performance. I think against Man United.
0: Um, let's look about those those two games. Um, Geordie. Uh, on Saturday, um, we had played Bournemouth. Uh, ended nil-nil. And um, what did you think the the plan was in that game? What do you think Kike was thinking, putting his uh, his team up against
2: the the side that came up with us automatically? Uh, well, we started with three. Well, Amrabat started, so you just kind of assume it's three strikers um, with Dini and Anigalo. And you know, we were just talking about the uh, six. Was it six out six of eight. six out of eight? But it's also two out of eight for clean sheets. Okay. Uh, and I think it's when when you put those two together, that kind of alludes to kind of a little bit of malaise, kind of mid-season kind of maybe we've peaked and we're safe and the adrenaline going or teams have worked us out or we've, you know, we've used up our luck, I don't know. But I think, I think those two together particularly and against Bournemouth, I don't know, because we had we had Bat and I wasn't quite sure where he was playing. Higualo, you can only really play him in one place uh, because anywhere else he's not going to get his chances. Uh, and Dini, Goalkeeper, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> on recent form. Uh, no, I'll, don't say that in case he listens and he does lose confidence. Um, and then Deeney, so we had three, three attacking players, but then uh, I noticed a few times, because we had a bit like Predas at right back, uh, and the people, we were talking to the other week about Predas not speaking great English, and I'm kind of grateful because the people around me are shouting at him to close down the guy on the ball. And you know that yeah. if he does that, the ball's just going to get knocked past him. And the guy on the outside, who is his man, is going to just run in from the wing. And it's because Kapu had to make his way out there when we were out of possession. And so Kapu was kind of covering the right midfield position, which kind of Amrabat was not always on the left-hand side as a, with symmetry. I, I, I think we were just trying to push forward. But I guess the for me, everyone, everyone looks at Garlundini for this kind of streak of goals. For me, it, the rest of the team's got to muck in and, and create those chances. And Igala did have a couple of chances, but today we were unlucky to lose and concede. But on Saturday, we really had like a superhuman effort from Gomez in goal. Yeah. So that that kind of balances it. And we were kind of saying that out of the last two games, the worst team of, of all has taken the only victory because Bournemouth, I would have said, put on a better show than Man United. Yeah. Uh, and and to be honest, I think us us between the two games were no worse than Man United.
0: So, what would you? So, between at the end of Bournemouth game, what were you thinking needed to change? Not necessarily the which um, men and which players need to change. What needed to change in that sort of way they played?
2: Um, I, I think just, we just need to click. I think there's something we need, we need to work on the training field and find our kind of version 1.3 of the season because we had that kind of thing where it was. Uh, Egalo up front in his own playing that four two three one and that got sussed out pretty kick it wasn't going to work and then we put the two up front and that worked for a, a couple of months mm. uh, and we got all the goals um, that kind of that Egalo and, and Dini got a lot of the goals came in that period yeah we're mixing it up we're bringing the players in uh, mid uh, mid season maybe kickers just experiment and seeing you know who is going to be part of next season's squad because who who can do more than one job who what gaps do I need to fill. Who, who? It's,
0: it's always that thing that we I know we're not at 40 points yet I know that technically even if we do get to 40 points we'll be safe um, you know the history tells us we probably will be and I've got that thing in my head about that that next year are players you know are we judging the players is Kike judging the players on what we need to continue or to take the next step as a Premier League
2: yeah I, I mean it would be remiss of him not to hmm. you know I mean, I, maybe he could you know, look at recent um
1: 10 years of what for managers and go, I'll just concentrate on this season. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, I think Kike will be looking, I think he's incredibly proud and I think he, if anyone says, I'm concentrating on the next game, I genuinely believe he means it and I think he'll be hurting that he hasn't put Bournemouth away, he hasn't put Manchester United away and I, I don't think he'll be enjoying this run at all. And obviously, there's, there's a pragmatic view. You've got to look at next next season. That's part of the job as a as a head coach. You not know, I was going to say manager, but he's not. Um, but that is part of his job. Is thinking ahead. How are we going to how are we going to kick on? So I think he'll be. He's very much of the now, and I think we'd, it would it'd be crackers if if, if if he wasn't looking at just the next game and getting winning, the winning, you know, it's valuable. Every every place you move up the Premier League table is valuable in terms of monetary terms, in terms of confidence, in terms of who we can attract next season. But um, I think there's a man we're missing as well. He's now now a prolonged uh, period of absence and we were just, I think, starting to see the best of him and we haven't seen Gerardo for a, for a couple of games now. Uh, and I think... You know, obviously, he still splits for supporters, but what was very clear was he's part of Kike's plan. Um, and the team was to say build around him was is, is probably incorrect, but he was an integral part of that team and he hasn't been there. So it unbalances that defence
0: and those roles, and like you said, that yeah. understanding of what happens in the training ground. Um, what was different though tonight, Mike? You know, Joel, you know, Joelie said that you know it was what well, the changes to make, we saw four changes. Uh, Poodle for Cathcart. I'm guessing that's just for for uh, uh, for fitness. Holabas for Aki might be something to do with Instagram. Might be something to do with just making sure everyone's getting enough game time. Uh, Nyom for Parades again a straight swap. Uh, and Abdi came on this uh, started today instead of Amrabat. My assumption would be if he was fit, Horado would have been there instead of Amrabat or Abdi.
1: Yeah, it felt like a really sort of invigorated Watford that started the game at, at Old Trafford. I think they got out of the blocks nice and quickly. I mentioned it earlier, this isn't a vintage Manchester United side. They've got injury problems. They've got, they have got had an untried centre-back pairing. Um, you know, they had Rashford up front who he had an amazing first couple of games. But So this was a Manchester United team that was potentially there for the taking. And I think Watford started, as we would have hoped, on the front foot. And um, we've talked about those, those changes. I think it... Um, Prodal was uh, was probably the biggest surprise coming in for Cathcart but but Geordie mentioned it earlier in in the game as we were experiencing it um he was getting on the end of set pieces so perhaps that was something that um that Kike had decided we were going to do let's try and make the most of these amazing the Watson whips that are coming in um get the big uh, big Big uh, blonde forehead on it. You, know, you don't have a blonde forehead, do you? Do you uh, but you know what I mean. Mop, who blonde mop? Well, top knot or bun or whatever it is. But I'm, the Day I start talking about haircuts is a is a is a bad day indeed. But I think him coming in was potentially an attacking move from from Kike. Let's like I say, let's make the most of these these free kicks and and dead dead balls, which we haven't really done.
0: No. Justice to this season. Well, Jordy in an early podcast said, if there's one thing he would improve at the set place, and I reckon, I think quite count them up, but Prude had a fair
1: few uh, chances there. Did he have more than a Galo? The statistics will tell us. But I think I didn't quite see. Well, he could have He could have had three. Prude, I think then. four. And he, and he could have had a penalty as well, but what I will not do is fall into the trap of saying, oh, we should have had a penalty. We should, we should have had a penalty. So I've <laughs> so fallen into the trap. But am um, think. But... Uh, yeah kind of one of those nights wasn 't it tonight but yeah Proud coming in was um, was potentially attacking and, and the same goes for Holobass. I think we saw glimpses of of what that guy can do in terms of getting forward and the questions he can ask in a in an attacking sense and I think he 's really exciting i think he 's got hopefully got a role to play his instagram account might might indicate otherwise and whether whether he can sort of he 's too up and down for for the whole Watford sort of Project whether he's going to he's going to rock the boat a little bit too much. It remains to be seen. But we got a glimpse of him tonight, and we're not far off from being a really, really decent, exciting side. And, and that, those those goal stats are the headline stats. And we mustn't we mustn't avoid those. But there's a lot of real positive stuff for for Pirdle to come in for for Cathcart, who's a lot of people are talking about as as potential player of the season, and to not really put a foot long wrong and to. Uh, footlong mm, subway <laughs> <About> to, <laughs> must be getting hungry um, so anyway I was starting to talk about food so things are obviously going off the rails a bit Watford aren't we're not far off so we're not too disappointed but we've got to win some games
3: a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery
0: end Thank you very much, as always, for listening to From the Rookery End. Uh, I hope you're enjoying these weekly podcasts. Any feedback you have, do email us, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com or drop us a tweet at Watford Podcast. Um, and if you do want to get them automatically without having to uh, worry about things, uh, find yourself, uh, go to uh, fromtherookeryend.com forward slash... Forward slash. Listen, and on there are some uh, different versions of ways that you can uh, get your, uh, from the weekend or any other podcast uh, out there, uh, onto your mobile phone. Um, some things going on in the club this week, before we actually get to talking about the, the, next, uh, the next game against Leicester, and maybe the game's coming up between now and uh, Easter. Uh, first bit of good news for Watford fans, Michael, season ticket prices, frozen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good. Absolutely fantastic news. Really pleased. I know um, I've been wondering as we've sort of progressed through the season and as we've looked like we're going to secure Premier League status, what the status of my bank balance is going to be when the uh, the season ticket renewal um, letters come out. And, and this, this week we found out that, um, yeah, they're, they're staying as you were. If you were an early bird last year, you get the same price this year, which is... It's great. I mean, I will say, I will preface that by saying that the amount of money coming into the club in terms of uh, the new TV deal, which everyone is banging on about, does mean that the club can afford to do it. You know, an extra 100 quid from every season ticket holder isn't really going to make much difference in the grand scheme of things. They could have been forgiven for doing it, though. Uh, and there will be football clubs who will be putting their prices up, or indeed who put them up last year mm. and are now freezing them. So perhaps getting getting some headlines for that. But Yeah. There's no point being mealy-mouthed about it. It's absolutely brilliant, We get absolutely superb value for money. We've mentioned how good this team has been this year. There's potential for it to be improved vastly over the summer, and who knows what we're going to see next year? So to just to have that peace of mind, to have it mentioned now in and, and sorted, and we all know where we're at. It's great. It's just a just big thumbs up.
0: I I, I don't I'm not say. I'm going to contest when people say, yeah, but Watford are getting, all the clubs are getting more money next year. Well, they they are, but they all are. Mm. And if you do want to be competitive, you have to have the same sort of abilities to compete. You're all going to get the same amount of money. Well, Well, we're not going to get as much because we're not going to charge for this, that and the other. It is a heck of a lot of money, but because of it, everything's going to go up. You ain't going to buy a cheap player as, from abroad anymore. They're all going to charge a few extra, which, again, probably another wise move by the, uh, the, the Pozzos and um, the Watford recruitment Trip team uh, buying a, a couple of boys in January before uh, things are confirmed and people say, oh, hang on, here comes £100 million pounds in your bank account uh, next year. Um, we are, well, Mike, you've written a, a piece for 442.com um, um, about a, a cult hero a Geordie um we talked about this uh on our whatsapp group um who could have been the cult heroes because it's not the heroes that's a very different thing it's not the best it's the cult hero who could have been a cult hero do you feel
2: well, there's, a, there's a few isn't there going back um mean, you've got the players that we grew up with i think who i think generationally are heroes uh, you know, like the Barneses and the Blissets. No, they're not cult heroes. Well, they're heroes, it, they're cult heroes. heroes. Well, a little bit. Not maybe they're not. They're yeah. not brilliant, but they, they. There was more to them than just yeah. being there and winning games. This is what I mean. They they were heroes because of the way we grew up, and then then we had the nineties. what I Was going to say, and then so you could only have cult heroes. Because, uh, so, so uh, I guess your namesake Mooney uh, was a was a good one. Uh, and there's players I think that just for, appeal to me uh, for different reasons. Uh, Glenn Hodges uh, yes. uh, was for me was a hero. I remember as a, as a as a kid watching him and one, you know, he he didn't really track back. I think I modelled my defensive game on him. <laughs> and there was one time when he got fouled and he didn't get the foul, and he ran like I, nobody knew he could run to the almost old right back position to. Lamp, the guy <laughs> who, who had fouled him. So he kind of gave himself up there when he um, showed he could actually track back if he was sufficiently angry. Uh, another left winger is Rick Holden. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a great player. Um, f- uh, I, know, I enjoyed watching. And then um, a bit further forward, and you say players who weren't good. Uh, and this guy's probably one of the best players ever to play for us, but uh, Gally, uh, for me, was because you know, he only played for us for one season. We saw him at the tail end of his career. But in what was a season that promised so much, uh, you know, I remember actually going to Italy um that's that the summer beforehand and saying, Oh, we have got Viali coming and you know, we got, you know, money coming and all this gubbins, and we thought we were gonna make a go for it, and it's, you know, basically we thought what we, we were gonna get what we're getting now was gonna happen about fifteen years ago. Um and that season there were there were so many duds bought, but I think Galley kind of shone like a diamond in a in a coal mine. Um and uh who, yeah who, Ramage can't he say? Not Ramage, cult hero. Again, not great.
0: Had a just he had personality. That's like, for me. A, a cult hero has to have a character, or at least stand out from the rest.
2: Yeah, I think I think I think that what well, depends what makes them a cult. It could be the way they play, uh, and they could be very quiet off the pitch, but that'd be an absolute maniac on the pitch. Or they could be, uh, you know, a kind of debauched lifestyle off the pitch that makes it look easy on the pitch. But you know, in a kind of languid style. Another one for me. Uh, it was Keith Dublin, uh, and, I, I, and and it wasn't because he was a great player and anything in particular, but I just remember cold Tuesday nights in the early nineties. Absolutely, Vicar like, Rogers was a vacuum, or that sucked out any joy during that period until Keith Dublin got it on the halfway line as the last man and decided to kind of Cruyff turn and dribble around the, opposite, the opposition strikers as they're closing down it was the only kind of feeling of emotion as as you know the coldness swept through my body that oh no we're going to blow it you know yeah. so so I think yeah cult heroes we've, we've probably got a few candidates and people who may be tweeting and talk about who their favourites are from how, how they grew up because obviously people who from the seventies, we'll be pulling out heroes in the sixties. Maybe Jason can uh, can share some of those with us from the nineteen fifties.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but we pick we picked one in the
0: end, and it was an agreement between us all. Uh, Mike, you wrote the bit, uh, um, and the
1: the uh, cult hero was Rotherham's <laughs> Lloyd Doiley. We went we went with Lloyd because I think it's <coughs> if you just look at his career. It's so it's sort of. Defies expectations. It almost defies logic when you see him playing. He's had so many ups. He's had so many downs. Um, he seems to have represented Watford through throughout a generation, almost two generations really. But um, just the way he's handled himself, the, the, the way he's come back from knockbacks, from being sort of tried to be sidelined by every single manager that came in, um, the whole goal scoring thing um just the way he holds himself and the, the way that it looks like he can't really stand up without if he's going to fall over any minute but actually is one of the most difficult defenders to get past in the in the history of football um and yeah he's not the world's greatest footballer but he gave Watford absolutely everything and i think the thing i love about lloyd he changed a lot of people's minds me included i mean me and andy used to just have our head in our hands andy my brother who's, who's been on the podcast of course I mean, we well, you know, what's this guy doing in a Watford shirt? And I'm sure we probably weren't alone, um, but he, we, but what we realised over the years was he was, what well, he used his talent to the absolute best of his ability, and and Watford really benefited from that. Um, and I just loved the fact that he was a Watford player. He, we've had to sort of put up with substandard players doing their best for Watford, which you can kind of. Deal with because as long as they get, but he was a he was a good player given his best, um, honest, committed, decent, and it, it, to the final sort of th- three, four, five years of his Watford career, he surprised the opposition because I think people used the opposition still used to think he was crap. <laughs> But he was, you know, in, in, even in the Premier League season when he played, he, he looked decent, and yeah, he was. His just career, would just make, you can't really think about Lloyd without smiling. There isn't can't be many Watford fans out there who don't think fondly of him. Um, he's someone that we all get behind and and relate to 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 one degree or another. So yeah, for me, it had to be Lloyd. We went with Lloyd. If you do disagree, let us know. We'd be it'd be really interested to hear it. But uh, yeah, the piece will be online on four four two at some stage. Uh, yeah, towards the end of this week,
0: uh, we'll give it a tweet. I think, uh, whilst we are uh, talking about uh, the, the cult here, that is uh, the Lloyd, we should play. We haven't done one for a while. Let, let's remix, rewind uh, one of our classic songs on From the Ricker End, and this one for Lloyd. Pierre Risser just fell It was my time, I could tell
3: Fiali gave me a yell And I was on my way I got stripped down to my kit I was nervous a bit Said to myself, let's do it And I was on my way Ran on, I was grinning Watford, we were winning Hornets, fans were singing I'm a first team player, baby I play in the back four The fans, they cheer me Twelve is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily I'm hard to get past You'll never beat me 12 is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily And every single boss Has tried to drop me 12 is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily Lloyd, do Watford players listen to From the Rookery End?
1: I'm sure there will be a few people with their iPods Oh, I
3: there was one thing I did hate For my first goal, we'd still wait Getting stick from my mates And then came QPR A okay, cow we crossed, my head met The ball flew into the net A night I'd never forget I'd gone and scored a goal The place went mental Absolutely radio rental Celebration experimental I didn't know where I was going, baby I play in the back four the fans, say cheer me. 12 is my number. Cos I'm Lloyd Doily. I'm hard to get past. You'll never beat me. 12 is my number. Cos I'm Lord Doily. And every single boss has tried to drop me. Twelve still my number. Cos I'm Lord Doyley Before I was in the back four Watford was so bad They were so, so bad Before I was in the back four Watford was so bad They were so, so bad Carey coming in on the back post I'm hard to get past, you'll never beat me, 12 is my number, cause I'm Lloyd Doily, I play in the back four, the fans they cheer me, 12 is my number, cause I'm Lloyd Doily, and every single boss who tried to drop me, twelve still my number, cause I'm Lloyd Doily. Because I'm Lloyd Boyme. And
0: that's absolutely brilliant. Now that's how you celebrate, isn't it?
3: A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This
0: is from the rookery end. We finished uh, the Manchester United game. Um, they sit in a Europa League place. Next, though, oh, we could have a, a, we could have a role to play in deciding the champions, couldn't we, Michael?
1: A, a role to play in deciding the champions and who goes to the championship as well. If you look at the end of the season, we play some uh, people are scrapping for their lives. But uh, next is Leicester. Yeah, Leicester up on on Saturday. Which <laughs> Leicester have been the story, haven't they? And I think it's going to be great. It'll be just another fascinating. Um, uh, op- twist, yeah, opportunity to see Watford, how Watford are going to do against a a really interesting team. Another another challenge for this Watford side, which is which has been really the, the the great thing about this season. Every game has been completely different, and I think Watford have stepped up more often than not, which um, including against Manchester United. So if we sounded negative earlier, we were disappointed we didn't win, but. It's all part of this amazing tapestry of, sea, of a season, which is, um, has been hugely enjoyable. And Leicester is, is a really fascinating one because at the start of the season, that is one. We'd said, I want us to take something from that. Now they're top of the league. I still want us to take something from it. And I still think we'll, we'll give them a good, um, a, good, a, good, a good showing because Leicester will be under pressure. We'll want to bounce back from, uh, from the, the defeat against Man United and a, and a fairly tepid home draw with, with Bournemouth. So um, I think Watford will be up for it. But Leicester have proved themselves to be a great side. They've played really well. They've, been, they've played on the counter-attack. They, they move the ball from, from back to front very quickly. So it'll be interesting to see how we handle that from a defensive point of view and whether we can exploit it at the other end of the pitch and, and get some goals in. So I'm really looking forward to this one. It's got the, it promises to be a, a really interesting game. 0-0.
0: <laughs> which which um, uh, team do you reckon uh, Kike will will put out there? One a bit more like the Bournemouth game, or one a bit more like the Manchester United? Jordi? Uh
2: Well, I think we know Leicester are going to attack because that's that's the only way they are out to play. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he'll put either of the team. I think I think Kike likes to pick his team for the for the opponent and putting the Bournemouth team out or putting the Man United team out is gonna is not gonna do the best to, to stop Leicester. Um, but it, I think what, what it will show everybody is, you know, what the potential is. Before, if you came up, you know, you would always be happy with a season like ours. But you'd think that was as high as you're ever going to get because the establishment was never going to be broken. Leicester, we we were playing them in a championship not very long ago, um, neck and neck for promotion. Obviously, the great Dini goal, then they went up automatically. They could, they're showing us where we could be, uh, and I think. Uh, th- the question is: Do do you have to free yourself up a little bit in order to have that success? Do you have to take a few risks? Can you do it with this defense first mindset? Uh, and, and 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 is the defensive mindset that we have this season all about making sure we stay up this season and then building? And I think um, I think you know we've got Arsenal as well pretty soon, and Leicester, and then after that I think all bets are off. It's, it's mid-table teams and then the teams that have got a lot to lose mm. and, and we've, got, yeah, we've got Liverpool and Everton in between that but neither of them are having great seasons relatively mm. so I think after that we can I think Arsenal and, and Leicester will be difficult games where maybe Kiki will go defence first after that let's just go for it With
0: that, there's three games there before Easter and I would like to get those last three points to get us to 40 points by Easter and then like you say I'm not saying the, the, the games are after Easter are easy like you say there's the, the slightly two tougher games but those last games could be absolute nightmare because those guys are proper scrapping for it. I don't know. I don't know where this Watford team would sit when they're playing against a scrapping, really battling team. Could they be cool, calm, and do their thing and just pick them apart? I don't know. I'm not. We haven't be, haven't been
1: there yet because we haven't been at that part of the season. This is really interesting for me, John. This is the first time I've seen you twitchy. You're desperate to get to 40 points, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And and really you. Really what? I think everyone is because that game on
0: Saturday against Bournemouth, the atmosphere was weird. Yeah. The atmosphere was tense. It was quiet. Why? A because we're so we we're, we're near to where we need to be yeah. to re- confirm confirm things, but also it's playing Bournemouth and we really want to win that game.
1: Geordie said something fascinating there, which was L- Leicester. Yeah, which was unusual. Yeah. <laughs> um, it actually woke me up. Um, but um, he said Leicester are showing Watford where where they could be, and in, instantly I thought, well, it's going to get ridiculed for that. What can Watford be top of the league? They could be. But I think what's happening, the last couple of days it's come out that there's been the story that the the big five clubs have got together to talk about a potential breakaway. And I think they're taking their eye off the ball a little bit. And I've seen it again tonight, people complaining after the Man United United game, Spurs have lost, Man City have lost, and Arsenal have lost. And the the big five are are not, not doing very well, but they're still talking about breaking away. And... The, the footballing order could be realigning underneath people's feet, do you know what I mean? And Watford could be timing their run unbelievably well. They could be they could be a new big team, um, and Leicester have shown that they can do it on a on a relatively small budget. With they've obviously got investment, and they've done they've done incredibly well, and they've been lucky with some of the signings. Um, but there's no reason that Watford could do that. And while while Man United are navel gazing and Liverpool are still trying to work out what's going on, Man City have got all the money in the world. They've been absolutely humped tonight. Um, Tottenham, we all know, will 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 continue to balls things up at the last minute. Uh, you know, it's and the supposed Chelsea don't know that you know they're looking good. So things. <coughs> the footballing landscape is changing and it's not because of the lack of quality that some people perceive it to be that the Premier League's open because the, because the quality of football's poor. That's not the case. Other teams are showing that it's possible to do it a different way and Watford could do that. And so, yeah, really exciting. It just, it just struck me that, that you know, the, the landscape could be changing and Watford could be a really integral and important part of it.
0: How this podcast has gone from one... Beginning of
2: melancholy, almost, as we start this podcast. So now being, yeah, come on, let's go, let's go! I'll, I'll tell you what then, I'll, I'll finish on a, on a real high. Come on then. You're worried that we need 40 points. I'll just be looking at the league table. We're on 37, uh, and Norwich and Sunderland have both played 28, which means they've got 10 games left, 30 points. Yeah. We're 13 points ahead of them, so even to to get ahead of us, they would have to win five games. That's half of their five games gone. Now, winning... Winning five out of ten is mid-table form. Winning more than that is is pushing Europe form, and they haven't shown anything like that so far this season. So, you know, I'm, I don't want to attempt fate, but I think I think this year maybe Villa's oh, Villa, no, Villa cannot catch us. No, no, but Villa's Villa's kind of decision to just you know oh, sod it, you know, <laughs> 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 well, for... it was actually minuted in a board meeting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sod it. Let's not, let, yeah, let's 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 not bother this year. I think maybe they're dragging down. Because if there was three teams down the bottom scrabbling, it makes it a bit different. I think one team, there's only two places left because of Villa's kind of kind, generous gesture to the rest of the Premier League. And I think I think 37 points will be enough.
0: No, I mean, 36, technically. I did the, the average over the last mm. um, uh, five years, and 36 actually gets you fourth and bottom. Um, but the highest it's been over the last five years, at least was 40
1: we need to refocus we're going to stay up I'm absolutely 100% oh, yeah. certain of it and we need just we just need to do it in style now we need to we need to get some momentum back we need to put in some decent performances we've shown tonight there's no reason well, we've shown all season there's, there's nothing really that this Watford squad or we as supporters should be worried about we should be, only be excited we should only be enthusiastic I agree. I think the atmosphere um, has dampened a little bit and I think that's got to do with a number of things. Lack of goals, perhaps a little bit of complacency. I'm as guilty as anyone. You know, I'm, I'm saying we're safe when, when we're not. We are, but we're not. <laughs> um, so, you know, it is difficult to keep that sort of level of fervour up that we saw earlier on in the season. But, you know, this is, as I said, this is potentially the start and, uh, of something absolutely incredible. And I think, you look at the games left and you do have a bit of a jolt. There's only what, a handful of home games left in this season and then you've got that long horrible summer ahead of us um with with no meaningful football so it's time for a little bit of a reset a little bit of a, a refocus get on with enjoying the football Watford get on with scoring some goals and uh, yeah let's just enjoy the rest of this Premier League season yeah, buddy,
3: a podcast made by
2: Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end